Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And we are joined by another special guest today. In fact, this is a guest who's going to cover a topic, really educate us on a topic that we have been wanting to learn more about. We've been wanting to have more conversations around, but frankly, Kristen, Amy, and I have felt very ill-equipped to know how to talk about this and who to talk too. So when we were talking with Michael Kane, one of our guests a few weeks ago, we said, we want to have this 5G conversation. He said, I know exactly who you guys should talk to. And he immediately, thank you, Michael, yes, thank you. <laughs> connected us to CC Duquette, who is the director of Massachusetts for Safe Technology and part of the international nonprofit wireless education. So as you can tell, she knows a thing or two about the topic. And I think, and I can already tell that Cece is going to be able to put this all in layman's terms so that we can understand, be informed, and then take action, right? Because it's one thing to know something, but it's another thing entirely to feel empowered to know what to do about it. So Cece, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's such a privilege. And I too, am so grateful that Michael introduced us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a pretty good head start on most people. I know you mentioned 5G, but this talk addresses 5G, but it also addresses all wireless technology. So what I'd like to do is start a screen share and we're going to take a look at what my journey has been to date. And then we're going to share with you the science that tells us why we need to be careful with wireless technology. And then we're going to talk about solutions that each one of us can use today to start reducing our exposures and have even more fantastic technology than what wireless will ever be able to deliver. So, And and Cece, I'm going to point people to, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you can keep listening right now on Apple or Spotify, but we also, you can find us on Rumble. So this entire presentation to CCC screens, like if you're driving in your car right now and you can't look, no worries, keep listening. You're going to be able to access all of this and see what she's talking about on our Rumble link. We'll make sure you guys have that. Okay, Cece, take it away. Okay, here we go. Okay, so Cece Doucette, um, the MTPW after my name just means I had the privilege of earning a master's in technical and professional writing from Northeastern University, where first I earned my communication degree. So never in a million years did I imagine this is where I'd be applying my skill set, but thank goodness that I can bring all that into this space and help others learn how to use technology safely. So when my children were in school, I helped to lead up our local education foundation. 
And that was at the time when we were hearing about the 21st century classroom and how our kids were gonna to need to have access to all this new technology. And frankly, our school budgets had been cut to the bone year after year after year, and we couldn't afford it. So, you know, like you guys, as good doobie parents will do, I jumped in and helped to do fundraising to get wireless infrastructure and Chromebooks and iPads and smart boards and minis. And what we were being told was what our kids needed, right? So then one night at book group, after I had done this for many years, my girlfriend, Wendy, who's an electrical engineer, tipped us off that there could be biological effects from today's wireless technology. And very long story short, it was not an easy conversation to have with our schools, but ultimately we became the first in the United States to have this little sign in our classrooms with best practices for mobile devices to turn off the devices when not in use, to turn the Wi-Fi on only when needed, because the industry gives us everything with everything pulsing, all Wi-Fi all the time, and always place the device on a solid surface, not your lap. So this was groundbreaking that we had that inroad, but come to find out our schools hung this sign but they're not actually protecting the children and the staff. They're waiting for higher authorities to tell them what to do. Hmm. So I went to my state senator, Karen Spilka. She and I had served together for years on our local education foundation, and she's really a super public servant. And I showed her what the science was telling us. I showed her our little sign and I measured the radiation coming off of her device. And it was very high. So she put me with a lawyer in her office and together we worked out a little bill that would bring the right minds to the table at the state level and just start addressing this. So at one point in this session, we've had more than 20 bills in Massachusetts. Uh, but what we're most proud of is the work being done today in New Hampshire. My bill has been out there since 2015, so seven years. We had a conversation with a state rep in New Hampshire, Representative Patrick Abrami, and he was an engineer, and this flew in the face of everything our engineers and physicists and technologists have been taught. What our government says is you have to have heat from a device to have harm, but the science proves that's not true. The FCC allows this really high level of microwave radiation, and that's what this is. That's how our signals go back and forth, and our data it's carrying it using two-way microwave radiation. So we have FCC limits that were set back in the 90s before we had this entire proliferation of what we're exposed to today. And the science, as we'll look at it in a minute, shows biological effects at hundreds of thousands of times below what the FCC and industry are allowed to expose us to today. But there's a lot of good news too. So. Don't freak out just yet. Um, so then on this journey, I've been introduced to many of the world's leading scientists and doctors. And we realized, like you guys have, that people simply don't know and we can't fix it until we know. So I've had the privilege of working with one of the world's leading scientists in Finland, a couple of folks in the UK and now up in Canada. And we put together off-the-shelf ready training that literally we could train each one of your schools in about a half an hour online, right? Distill all this down. 
Um, so that's what our little nonprofit wireless education is. We're moving this to a different platform right now. So it's the, the website's on, but the courses will be accessible this fall again. And so for the first two years of my journey, I was the only person I could talk to about this, and I wasn't even quite sure what I was saying. <laughs> um, and then we had Dr. Deborah Davis, who founded probably the world's leading database on this, the Environmental Health Trust. Dr. Davis brought a panel of world leading experts to our state house and somebody tipped me off. So I got to go down to our state house and it was a standing room only room and listen to this Nobel Peace Prize Coloriate on climate change now crying out about wireless radiation. The retired president of Microsoft Canada who figured this out when he retired and now he's formed Canadians for Safe Technology. His name is Frank Clegg and he's up in Canada trying to do what we're trying to do down here. Um, and we had Janet Newton of the EMR Network, who is trying to get the attention of our federal agencies to say, look, you are exposing the guys up on the rooftop near these cell towers and stuff to massive amounts of radiation. Um, and we had Janet Newton, who's a child psychologist, I believe. She teaches all over the world <clears throat> and everywhere she goes now kindergarten teachers, first grade, second grade, they'll say these children look at us to be edutainers. They're losing their attention span. The parts of the brain that are developing for math and science are still on point, but those parts of the brain that develop human capacity for empathy, for learning, questioning, assimilating, a lot of that is not developing on point anymore. Um, so this was incredible for me to be in a room with these world leading experts and these scientists in India in their government who recommends the radiation exposure limits, he flew in from India to join this panel. And he has done some of the science where they've taken male human sperm, exposed it to a laptop with the antennas radiating. And it was actually these fertility studies that got me on my feet. Change the DNA, which is our roadmap to grow a proper anything, mm -hmm. slowed the motility of the sperm and caused far fewer sperm to be viable in just four hours of exposure to a radiating laptop. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. My daughter was 15, my youngest at the time, just heading into high school and we gave her a laptop for Christmas, which of course she's using where? Right on top of her reproductive organs. And then my oldest daughter had just gone up to college and she took her MacBook with her. And where is she using that? And now in addition to the sperm studies, there are many studies on other reproductive effects like high miscarriage rates for women who are pregnant and using wireless technology. So. I was so gratified to be in a room at our state house with others after two years on my own. And we decided among the locals that we would form a nonprofit called Massachusetts for Safe Technology. And we meet once a month. Anybody is welcome to go out to our website and click the join us button. And then you can just come tag along, come tag along and learn and we'll teach you and we'll teach your friends when you tell them they ought to come and learn, you know? So that's how it starts, right? Planting seeds. 
So somebody down at the National Institutes of Health found my work and appreciated the way that I convey information. Um, and they asked me to co-chair the technology panel for the Health in Buildings Roundtable Conference. And I like to include this link in my slides, which I know you ladies will make available to your audiences later. Um, but the reason why I like this one especially is that we only had 10 minutes at this conference and we were presenting to doctors, to hospitals, to federal agencies, to urban planners, architects, everybody who has a stake in the game of making safe indoor environments, healthy buildings, right? So all of our talks are under 10 minutes and we have with us in this panel, many of the experts that I just mentioned to you. Also, we had a gentleman who I caught on a YouTube presentation. He's a philanthropist out in Silicon Valley. And he, you know, his he was an engineer and his buddies like invented the cell phone and stuff. And he was also like Top Gun. He was a fighter pilot right, for our government. And then his health started crashing. So he'd been up there with the very strong Earth's electromagnetic fields. He'd been in a plane that has radar all over it. And then all the instrumentation panels inside the plane and Peter's health started crashing. He dropped weight, his teeth were getting brittle. And when his children, his two boys, were coming into the uh, preschool years, they were both diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And this lecture that I heard Peter give said, knowing what I know today, you know, as, as many families with an autistic child will do, you start addressing the food and you go to a clean organic diet. You might go so far as to do the heavy metal detox and get that out of the body. He said, what I tell families today is as soon as you can go to a digital detox and at least create a sleep sanctuary for 12 hours a night because otherwise this constant pulsation of microwave radiation inhibits our body's DNA growth and it inhibits our body's ability to do cell repair and regeneration. So I was so grateful that Peter Sullivan came on our panel, Frank Clegg from Microsoft Canada, Dr. Martin Paul, who's one of the world's leading scientists, and Theodora Scarato, who's the executive director of the Environmental Health Trust. So good 10-minute talks here at the Health and Buildings Roundtable Conference. Now, one of the gaps that we had when I fell down the rabbit hole with this is that we had no way to train our doctors, our nurses, our first responders, and our other healthcare practitioners, our dentists, how to recognize diagnose, treat, and most importantly, prevent these microwave sicknesses. So we'll see different terminology. Like for this one, we have the EMF Medical Conference. We are so grateful right now, there are 24.5 continuing medical education credits for doctors and nurses. And all our firefighters need medical training to continue their licensing as well. So it's called the EMF medical conference. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields. And in this case, we're discussing the electromagnetic fields of microwave radio frequency radiation. So this is two-way microwave radio frequency radiation that pulses back and forth to make a handshake with the nearest cell tower or router, and then all these devices we've been talked into adopting.
Okay. So well, I know where I'm getting my CE, my continuing ed from. I'm a nurse. Oh, I'm a, excellent. I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> that's great. So there's 24.5 credits you have until I think it's May 17th to complete them online. So you don't have to go anywhere. We have reduced the price so low. You can take the full conference for just under $100. And for anybody who's not in the healing arts, um, who just wants to attend the conference, you can license the videos for $39. We just want people to know the science, the risks, and how to remediate. So that's me. Amazing. Thank you. That's how I fell down the rabbit hole. I was so honored to help plan the medical conference and then to be an invited lecturer on state and local policy. So you'll see my little minutes of fame in there too. Um, and actually, I do some role playing with a nurse, Mary Ann Tierney, as part of the conference too. So it's a good one. All right. So that's me. So why did my schools do what they do by hanging this little sign in our classrooms, right? I think it was when they read the legal fine print. So if anybody listening with this today has an iPhone, I invite you to take that iPhone out right now and go into settings. Oh Lord, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we're going to take a look at the fine print. And if you don't have an iPhone, that's okay. If you were to type in your make and model and just type in RF, for radio frequency, RF exposure, you will find something similar. But on an iPhone from settings, go down just a bit and hit general. On a really old phone, you'd hit about, but most have upgraded. So from general, go all the way down to the bottom to legal and regulatory. And you can remember how to get back here. So from settings, remember the acronym GAL, that this GAL was on our, you know, <laughs> yes. our talk show here. Yes. And once you're in legal and regulatory, about four down, you're going to see it. RF exposure. Right. You guys see that? Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. When you hit that, it tells us a couple of critically important things. One, this device was tested at a distance from the body. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't put it on your body. Don't touch this thing because it's radiating you. Mm. And if you do touch it, if you tuck it in your bra, if you put it in your shirt pocket, your suit pocket, tuck it in your waistband, stick it in your back pocket, you will be exceeding the Federal Communications Commission's public radiation exposure limits, which, by the way, unfortunately, were never biologically safety tested for human harm. Oh. And so the next... I'm sorry, Susie. Go ahead, Holly. Struck me. It just struck me as you're pointing us to this, and I'm looking at it. It says exactly what you're saying. It says to reduce exposure to RF energy, use a hands-free option. Don't don't touch your phone, mm -hmm. such as the built-in speakerphone, headphones, or other similar accessories. Cases with metal parts may change the RF performance of the device, including <laughs> its compliance with exposure guidelines in a manner that has not been tested or certified. Just wow. read that directly to our listeners. She's Thank you, Holly. And it's been in there all along and none of us ever knew it, right? So you hit on some really key things is we should never be touching a radiating device. And so we know, and we don't want a false sense of safety. There is no safe level of microwave radiation identified in the scientific literature but we're gonna teach you how to get around that, okay? So I do wanna mention though, because they say to use a hands-free option like speakerphone or a headset, the reason they talk about metal 
in that fine print disclaimer is metal amplifies radiation. So you don't want to plug in a headset to your cell phone or your tablet that has a metal wire that runs right up to your brain or that has metal on the earbuds. And you definitely don't want earbuds, those wireless ones. That's a microwave radiation transmitter that goes on one side of your brain to the other side of your brain and radiates in between. And then it's also radiating to whatever device it's connected to. So those are such a bad deal. But there are, you know, there's solutions at every turn, you guys. And I'll show you right now. This is something called a hollow tube headset. And I'll describe it for those listening today. A hollow tube headset is set up a lot like a doctor's stethoscope where it's just a rubber tube that goes right up into the ear. And this one, you know, so no metal, just a little clear plastic tubing. These little beads are called ferrite beads that break the radiation. And it's connected down to a wired end of this that plugs into your device. So you'd want to put the device as far away from you as you can and only use it for as long as you need to use it. Now, one of the things they do when they give us something like a cell phone is they come at it full tilt. So they have all the antennas radiating. And who would even know that one cell phone has a cell antenna, a data antenna, a Bluetooth antenna, a locator antenna, a hotspot antenna, and a Wi-Fi antenna. And if anybody didn't know any better, and upgraded to 5G, there's another array of antennas in there. Every single one of those antennas is pulsating microwave radiation going, here I am, where are you? Here I am, where are you? Oh. From your device to the nearest cell tower or router. And we don't need that. Once we know, why would we leave five or six antennas on that we're not even using, right? Right. So that's the legal fine print. And I think that's what got my schools to realize they had a legal uh-oh moment because we've been sweet-talked by the industry for their 21st century classroom campaign to bring all this technology in. They penetrated at the state level. So for example, here in Massachusetts, our Department of Elementary and Secondary Education started getting these sweetheart deals from the industry and making grants available so that they could push all these tablets and stuff into our classrooms mm. Mm. with no safety training, right? And then they took it a step further and they embedded this technology into the curriculum. So if you're not using this in your curriculum, you may, as a district, a school district, very well get a poor review from the state, which ties into your administrator's jobs and your funding and all of that, right? So our schools are between a rock and a hard place, but we've got some excellent resources today to open this conversation with our schools. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But so like you guys, when you see a problem, my brain goes to solutions. What can we do, right? So I learned that there are radio frequency detection meters that can show this invisible toxin because if the pandemic's taught us anything, we really need to be on our toes with invisible exposures, right? So, you know, in all my naivete, being the grant coordinator for our schools at the time, I knew that we had a pot of money in our town that got distributed out through a grant fund by our select board. So I whip up a grant application saying, hey, let's get a couple of these radiation meters. Let's put one in the schools and let's put one in the library. And then everybody can know whether we have something we need to look at and fix or not, right? 
seemed simple enough to me. So I submit my first application. They come back to me and say, oh, we don't really know about this. Come back next time. Second time I come back, six months later, they go, oh, this is probably more of a board of health issue. And they denied my application. And I had already been having this conversation with our health agent. And he knew way back in the 90s when the cell towers came in, that the industry came in and had fancy dinners and hotel banquet halls and sweet talked our towns saying, here comes this technology. And oh, by the way, if anybody has concerns about environmental impacts, gosh, the law says there's nothing you can do about that. Right. So as we've seen with other environmental toxins, the telecom industry lobbyists got in there and wrote sections of the Telecom Act from 1996 that say, if anybody has environmental concerns, there's nothing you can do about that. Oh, that reminds me a lot of the 1986 when they passed a law saying we could not sue vaccine manufacturers for vaccine injury because mm -hmm. there's nothing that we can do about it, right? So it's like we as the American people are getting strong-armed strong, strong armed yes. from, from protection because of the lobbyists, the politicians, big tech, big, the corporate, the corporate interests. So it's money, it's money driven. Yep. So what happens when they're chasing the money is the American public gets screwed. Yeah. And these public agencies we thought were established to protect us, they have now been um, uh, uh, tainted, corrupted, whatever adjective you choose or verb you choose to use. Um, but they no longer seem to be protecting the American public. And we have long put our trust in them to do that. We thought if the FDA, the CDC or whomever, um, it was even the, um, what was it that got sued? Uh, the FCC, yep. they lost the lawsuit, right? Because over 5G, because they basically had to acknowledge they didn't follow the science either. So mm -hmm. I think that's the thing, CC, that I'm so thankful you're pointing out because you just, yeah. you encountered it directly. Hey, right. let's do this to show if it's harmful. Like, let's just look. No, no, CC, don't look behind the curtain. Right. We got to turn a blind eye. That's right. It's the emperor's new clothes all over again, right? Yeah. So yeah, you I guys, you guys are it. spot on. We, you know, <laughs> spot on. So it took me three tries and ultimately they said, well, our select board, well, and this was after I met with each one of them, one by one by one by one, some in their homes, some in my home, some in local businesses. And one by one, I showed them what this means. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll tentatively approve a grant for you to get one meter to go into the library, but it's conditional upon the library agreeing to take it into circulation. And the reason why I even got an idea to put one in the library is when those um, energy saving CFL light bulbs were coming to market, those, by the way, throw off a really bad form of man-made dirty electricity. They are not biologically safe. Um, one of their marketing campaigns to bring those to market was to put a kilowatt meter on loan in our public library. So their thinking was that the public would take this meter home, plug in the trusted incandescent light bulb, see how much energy that uses, then plug in the CFL light bulb and see what a good cost savings you're gonna have. So Holly, as you mentioned, follow the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. but they didn't do the safety testing. So that's how I got the idea. Hey, let's put a meter on loan in the library to detect radio frequency radiation. 
And so it took me quite some time, but we got there. So what I want to do is show you what we will find when we look at this invisible toxin using a scientific device. This one is called the Safe and Sound Pro 2 broadband radio frequency meter. This meter was recommended at the medical conference for doctors to put on loan in their practices so their student, their patients can go home, see what their exposures are, and then come back and talk about how to fix that, right? Um, so here in my home, knowing what I know, I keep my cell phone in airplane mode as a rule. I only turn it on when I'm out and about for an emergency. At home, you can forward a cell phone to a landline. I maintain my landline and everybody I know calls me on my landline or shoots me an email from my hardwired computer, right? So in my house right now, I'm gonna turn on my detection meter and you see it's in the blinking green. That's as low as we can get to, right? That's our goal is to get to the blinking green. And this device measures in a unit called a microwatt per square meter. So in a square meter of air, how much radiation is in it. Right now, my maximum amount, it's the middle number on this meter, my maximum is 5.9, right? So 5.9. And in the scientific literature, they want us to be under 10 in our indoor spaces. So now I'm going to take my phone. Out there, playing home with my antennas radiating. The Bluetooth is on, the Wi Fi is on, the cellular, the data, um, probably the locator. So I haven't even done anything. This is just turning it on. It's now making a connection with trying to find a cell tower, trying to find a router. And we just went from 5.9. I'm going to go back into um, airplane mode here while I speak because I prefer not to get radiated. Um, yeah, I've never felt good under fluorescent light. So I know my biofeedback is telling me, danger, don't be doing this. So we went from 5.9 to 163,000. 163,000 microwatts per square meter. And I wasn't even doing anything. Wow. I've seen this go up over a million if I was doing something connecting to the internet. So yeah, I see your jaws dropping there, which is the absolute appropriate response. Um, and, and we're also turning off our- um, I just took off in an airplane mode. Yep. Yay, <laughs> my work here is done. <laughs> Not all, okay, and sadly, while they were turning off airplane mode, I was on Amazon ordering your device. <laughs> oh, excellent! Did you did you press buy yet? Because I want to no. tell you something. No, Don't I didn't. buy it from there. Okay. Here's what I'm going to recommend. So, um, one of the co-leaders of the EMF Medical Conference is Dr. Magda Havis, and Dr. Havis taught electromagnetism up in Canada at Trent University for a couple of decades. So she's a top scientist. She realizes our government does not do its due diligence and track how much radiation exposure we're getting from all these cumulative sources, right? And so Dr. Havis is doing something called the Global EMF Monitoring Project. And she's asking us as citizen scientists 
to purchase that meter for our own use, but also to follow a protocol she has to go out and take live measurements in our communities Ooh. and then put them in her database. And she has a map growing from all over the world that shows whether you are in the blackout area, the red zone, which is bad, or amber or green. So she uses the acronym for black, red, amber, and green. She says, brag. Can you brag about your town? Uh, right? I like that. Um, so there's a lovely gentleman by the name of Rob Metzinger who produces this Safe and Sound Pro 2 meter. And he said, anybody who wants to help with Dr. Havis's study, reach out to them at Global EMF Monitoring and they'll offer you a discount. It usually Ooh. retails for about 385. And I think I got mine for like 308 and maybe shipping. So the little cost saved, but we want so many people to measure and get this data out there. And then she's doing some other cool stuff too. One of the things that she did is she had us do readings in our own home in a 24 hour period to see if the levels change at different times of day. Um, and then another one that she did was have us measure our microwave ovens to see if they leak like a sieve. And I'll tell you what, uh-huh, they do. And what do we do? We put our food in there and then we just sit there with our, our <laughs> face on our fist waiting for it to cook as we sit there getting radiated outside of the oven. But at least the microwave oven only transmits when you're using it. It's mm -hmm. all these other device transmissions that go 24-7 that we need to start getting an awareness of and then information on how to remediate. So took me three tries, but we became the first in the United States here in little Podunk, Ashland, Massachusetts, <laughs> to have one of these devices on loan in our library. So now anybody with a library card in my town can take it out. We've got, um, you know, little information sets put up with it. My local cable station came to my house. And I'll tell you what, you guys, cable stations can be like the last bastion of independent reporting. So if you haven't connected with your cable stations, they love it when community members come up and say, hey, I have an idea. Can we do a program? So my wonderful cable station came and we did a 23-minute walkthrough of my home and showed very common exposures and then suggestions for how to remediate. So that's a nice little handy thing too for people who just wanna start taking baby steps. And then at the first medical conference in 2019, flew all the way out from Massachusetts to California and I met another doctor from Massachusetts and we came back and went after a state grant from our cultural council. And we did a library program. We put one of these meters on loan in their library. And then we did a Zoom program because the uh, pandemic had just hit. We did a really well attended Zoom program where we educated and um, had people watch an award-winning film called Generation Zapped, which is available now on Amazon Prime. It's available through our libraries, many of them. And Generation Zapped is an amazing way to start this conversation because it was done by an award-winning filmmaker. It was chosen as part of the United Nations Film Festival and has picked up other accolades. So I know for this issue that nobody knows about, who knew we have all these amazing resources today? So I'm really excited that you guys are joining the conversation at this point in time, because I was completely on my own for two years when I first figured it out. So we've talked a lot about what's going on with the fine print. We've talked about how you can identify this invisible toxin. 
Now I want to share what the science is telling us. Okay. So first we're going to look at the long-term effects, and then we're going to look at the short-term effects that I think many of your listeners today will recognize. So our government, there are still some good people there, but as you said, there are a lot of captured agencies as well. So about 20 years ago, our government was commissioned, the FDA commissioned the National Toxicology Program to investigate whether cell phones could cause any harm. They went in expecting to prove that it was safe. They spent 20 years on this study when 2G and 3G were the technologies of the day. And they had an unprecedented three-day peer review down at the National Institutes of Health with world-leading scientists and doctors whose life's work is dealing with radio frequency, microwave radiation, and the fallout. In this National Toxicology Program study, and this group is the gold standard in the world. These are the world's leading toxics researchers. In their final report, they concluded clear evidence of cancerous tumors and DNA damage. Now, clear evidence is the highest of five categories they can assign, which should trigger public policy to protect you and I and our children and the planet. So child and adult cancers, DNA damage, infertility we talked about, neurotoxicity, wow, before the pandemic, we were already at epidemic proportions of anxiety and depression. And we have had children with suicidal ideation like we have never seen before. So with AD, ADHD, Dr. Hugh Taylor heads up the OBGYN program at Yale, and he's done some of these rodent studies, and he exposed the pregnant mice to radio frequency, and when the pups came out, they were bouncing off the walls just like a child with ADD, ADHD, right? Dr. Martha Herbert founded the Autism um, lab at Massachusetts General Hospital. She's a world leading expert on autism. She sees huge links to the families in her care and what we know happens with this microwave radiation. And then Alzheimer's. Dr. Martin Paul just came out recently with a review paper that um, culled all the science on autism and the intersection of electromagnetic radiation. And we are now seeing Alzheimer's come on. It used to take like 25 years, kind of like cancer to manifest. So maybe in your 60s, 70s, 80s, we are now seeing Alzheimer's diagnoses at 60, at 50, at 40, at 30, and in rare cases, even some 20 year olds. So how long can we continue to pulsate the brain, our master organ, with microwave radiation before we see the fallout. And we're already seeing it massively. So you guys are probably, uh, because you are so well informed on you know, the chemical industry and so forth, the Environmental Working Group is now taking on the wireless issue, which I'm so grateful for. So I found out about EWG through the pesticide work. You know, They have their clean 15 and dirty dozen lists. Now they have a PhD on staff who's doing reports out on electromagnetic fields. And they just recently came out with this one called the effects of radio frequency radiation on the nervous system. So 
that is the brain, that is our whole nervous system. So again, these are the good bits of news, right? Because people are tuning in and important groups are taking this on. So the diagram that I'm circling to here talks about the impact on children. And children, as we know, are not just little people. They are especially vulnerable to every environmental assault because their bodies are still under development, their central nervous system, their immune system, all of it. So in this diagram here on slide four of my uh, pro uh, project, um, the heads in these models are turned sideways and the little yellow part is the ear. So when you put a phone up to the ear of an adult, that radiation is penetrating your brain about a third of the way. On a 10-year-old, it's going about three quarters of the way through and into the brain. And on a five-year-old, it's penetrating almost the entire brain with microwave radiation at close range. And the reason being is that you and I as adults have a fully formed skull, which creates something of a barrier, though not a complete barrier. And a child's brain has a much higher water content than an adult's. And so that radiation, you know, activates around water, right? So we need to do everything that we can think of to protect our kids. So those are the long-term effects. And in the short term, we should know that the Americans with Disabilities Act since 2002 has acknowledged there are biological effects that create this new term called electromagnetic sensitivities, right? So the ADA already has accommodation recommendations out there, but I wanna walk you through some of the very common symptoms that people get from this microwave sickness or electromagnetic sickness. Insomnia is huge. So many people don't sleep right anymore. I see hands raising already. <laughs> well, here's what's happening. So we know that our circadian rhythm is timed for 24 hours and all of our organs do different things at different times during that 24 hour clock. And in the wee hours of darkness, our brains from the pineal gland, and that's about as scientific as I get because I'm not a doctor or a nurse or a healthcare practitioner, but our pineal gland is meant to release melatonin in the wee hours of darkness. Melatonin helps to regulate our sleep cycle and it helps to escort the day-to-day -day toxins through the bloodstream and out of the body. But what happens is our brain can't differentiate from natural daylight and this man-made invisible light form that's microwave radiation. So if we didn't know any better and we left our router on, we brought our tablet to bed with us, we have our cell phone sitting right next to our head, we've got the Roku and the Chromecast and the baby monitor and the gaming, all of it are pulsing this light form all night. The brain thinks the lights are on and guess what? It never gets triggered to release the melatonin to do what it's meant to do. So the good news is, is time and again, after I do an education session like this, Folks come back to me and say, Cece, I didn't want to know about this. I certainly didn't want to believe it, but I recognized the symptoms in myself or my loved ones or my pets or my plants. <laughs> and I took a risk and I turned it all off last night. And oh my gosh, I slept for the first time in ages. Right? So insomnia is a huge one that today you might be able to remediate. 
headaches, stabbing, searing headaches. My daughter in high school got an optical migraine. What child should be getting a migraine, right? Once I decided to stop circling my tail and hardwired our home, her headaches went away, her nosebleeds went away and nosebleeds and ear bleeds. We have now the mechanisms of harm. Um, our nurse with us today might know something about the Rouleau effect, but for those of us who don't, uh, the Rouleau effect is where our red blood cells that are free floating and oxygenating all of our important organs and tissues with this electromagnetic field, our red blood cells get magnetized and they glom together and they stack up together. And in my little brain, I think of the candy Rolos. You know how Rolos are stacked up like that? Imagine that's what our poor red blood cells are up against now. And they're stacking up and they can't get to where they need to go to oxygenate all of our organs. So we have something that turns out to be oxidative stress. And those in the medical profession know that oxidative stress is often the backbone of most chronic illnesses, right? So we're kind of doing this to ourselves unwittingly, but again, we can stop. And once I hardwired my house and turned off all the radiation, uh, my daughter's headaches and nosebleeds all but disappeared unless she would let herself get hydrated, dehydrated, and then she would get a headache. Um, chronic fatigue, right? Our poor cells have a finite amount of energy, right? And the way that we're made, that amount of energy gets us through our days pretty well. But what happens when you add on this huge layer of electropollution that pulses at us and is whapping our system day and night, our poor cells can't keep up. And if we're not sleeping right, no wonder we're all feeling so wiped out and headachey, right? Uh, pain from unidentified sources that our doctors can't get to the root. Uh, skin abnormalities, heating, flushing, tingling, rashes. Um, there's a wonderful gentleman in the town next to me who figured this out because his leg was going jiggity, the nerves in his leg and his doctors couldn't figure it out. And so Chuck just started researching what could cause nerve damage. And that's where he put two and two together when he read the EMF science. And he went, oh my gosh, that's right where I keep my cell phone all day on top of his poor little frying leg. So Chuck's a graphic artist and he pro bonoed with me and he did our logo for Massachusetts for safe technology and our little information cards. So we love Chuck. Um, heartbeats, our heart, our lungs, our brains are all electrical organs. And this is dysregulating the little whispers that our cells do back and forth through electrical circuitry. So depending on your body, it might make your heartbeat too fast or it might make it too slow because we're all very biologically individual. Cognitive impairment, where we just can't think right anymore, right? It's a neurotoxin. So if you go to the medical conference, brace yourself. I was horrified that more than one of the presenters said, and if we continue to radiate the brain, we can expect more of these societal outbursts that we've been seeing with mass shootings um, and other really horrible crimes because we are biologically changing the gray matter and the white matter of the brain. So it's, it's serious. And we talked about anxiety and depression and so forth. So 
those are microwave sickness symptoms. And just a real moment to appreciate that this isn't just happening to you and I and our children and our pets. This is happening to every biological system on the planet because anything that is connected to the earth is in sync symbiotically with the earth's electromagnetic field, right? That's how our birds and our bees know, and our, you know, all of our pollinators, how they know where to go and where to come back to. They've got magnetite and other things that sync up with the earth. But what have we done? We've put this massive layer of pulsating electrosmog between them and the earth. And so it's no wonder they get dysregulated. It's no wonder we see swarms if there's a router by a beehive. Um, we've got a ton of science on this. So if people go to the planetary impact link here, then you can start reading all of that. Because a lot of people are concerned with energy consumption, I just want to spend a minute to say that way back in 2012, Greenpeace said if the cloud were a country, it would be the fifth largest consumer of energy in the world. So as the industry keeps pushing more and more technology, we are pushing our planet to the brink. And um, if we understood better what it takes to build an electronic device with dozens of minerals that are extracted through inhumane measures down in the Congo and elsewhere, we would never dispose of our devices without using them for their full and useful life and not just toss them aside for the newest shiny object, right? Um, but all the data warehouses, the networks, and our own personal devices consume vast amounts of energy. Wireless consumes 10 times more energy than responsible technology, which means you bring fiber or copper or high-speed cable to the premises, and then you hook up to that with cabling and adapters to each one of your devices. So our personal devices, all this streaming that we're getting pushed into, the wireless industry is buying up the entertainment industry. And so they are pushing the streaming at us, sending and receiving. Every time we do that wirelessly, we're using energy. Every time we charge and recharge and recharge all of our devices, I use a landline. It doesn't even have an electrical cord. It goes right into the jack. So lots of little hacks we can do. And all those apps that we thought were so cool that honestly we barely use, wipe them off, delete them. They're in the background using energy to do constant updates. So little hacks that we can all do. And Holly, as you said earlier, one of my biggest questions as I fell down the rabbit hole and I'm looking at the peer-reviewed and non-industry funded science going, this is bad. Why don't we know, right? In 2015, Harvard's Law School Center for Ethics came up with this report. It's called Captured Agency, How the Federal Communications Commission is Dominated by the Industries It Presumably Regulates. Bing, right? And there we have it. So I'm like, oh, mercy. So you mean nobody's got our backs on this. And that's when I realized that I can't not talk about this because I help bring this problem into my children's schools and into my family and we need to fix it. So Captured Agency is available online for free. Um, 
And then remember that $30 million study with our FDA that concluded clear evidence of cancerous tumors and DNA damage and more. That should have triggered the FDA to invoke public policy to protect you and I, but it never did. And in fact, in at the end of 2019, the FCC closed a docket that they left open for six years while the industry pushed more and more wireless into our lives. There were 11,000 pages of scientific, medical, and public evidence of harm in that docket, 1384, with the FCC. And yet this new guy, well, back 20 years ago when the FDA commissioned this big study, somebody else was the head of the radiation at the FDA. Today, the gentleman who's in charge is Dr. Jeffrey Shuren. And when we just look a little bit into his background, we see that Dr. Jeffrey Shuren turned around to the FCC after that study concluded clear evidence of cancers and DNA damage and said, oh, nothing to look at here. Keep doing what you're doing, F FCC. And one might ask why Dr. Shuren would do that. So you look into his background and you see that, guess what? He's married to a woman who's a partner in a law firm that represents big Wi-Fi and big others, big chemical, big pharma. So it this is the tobacco playbook, right? If you can suppress the evidence of harm, if you can create your own science to give a false sense of security done under conditions that would show no harm deliberately, if you can lobby and buy our legislators, and if you can then write the laws to protect your corporate interests over the interest of the public, and then if you can own mainstream media and promote the heck out of your toxic products without ever disclosing the risk, then you win because money wins, right? He with the most gold wins. That's right. And our listeners, uh, many of our listeners who are are faithful to this podcast and and know a lot of what we know about the corruption and the FDA and the CDC, this is exactly the same thing, right? It's, yeah. it's like you said, it's out of the tobacco playbook. Mm -hmm. It is, It is. they're doing the exact same things. And so when people say, my doctor said, you know, no, I trust my doctor because my doctor said what they don't realize is so many doctors are listening to those agencies that are captured. And that's, that's it. what we're trying to wake you up. <laughs> everybody up and say stop blindly trusting they have they no longer deserve your trust you said it earlier cc you said they were waiting for higher authorities to tell them what to do they knew there was a problem but they were waiting for the higher ups to give them instruction our doctors have been in the same place yeah They've been waiting on the higher ups to give them instruction mm -hmm. but the higher ups are corrupt and are lying <laughs> so they are they are. And, you know, we've got this all so well documented. And I tell people, guys, don't take my word on any of this. You need to know this for yourself before you're going to feel empowered enough to take any action on it. So that's why I like to present my slides and then give you my slides as a launch point to go in and start doing your own look-see, right? So what I want to highlight on this next slide, and I know we're getting up toward the top of the hour, um, but here are three steps that we can all do. Flip your router around and look at it. On the back of your router, you'll see little ethernet jacks, right? Little ports to plug an ethernet cable in. You wanna get a really long ethernet cable and take it into whatever room where you access your technology mostly, or you know more rooms, however many you need. 
For those who become electromagnetically ill, there's another form of man-made electromagnetic field that simply comes off of wires with the way that the electric and magnetic field works on a wire, whether you've got radio frequency or not. So if you're going to do this, just if you can, upgrade to a shielded Ethernet cable that will protect you. It's just got a foil liner around the wires inside the plastic. That'll give you one more layer of protection. So there's something called an ethernet switch, which you can think of as like a little extension box for electronics. So you'd plug the one end of the cable into your router, plug the other end into an ethernet switch, and then go get little cables, ethernet cables for whatever devices you have. This little picture I have shows five. That's the one that I use. In a classroom, you can get an ethernet switch with 30 you know, ports in it. And then you just need to get a little adapter for your iPhone. Who knew? Who knew? For like 20, 30 bucks, you can buy a little lightning adapter to hardwire your phone. And then you just go in to those settings and turn off every single one of those antennas, right? And you can't make a phone call through the Ethernet cable, but you can forward your calls to a landline, right? Um, same thing with the laptop. You can get, you know, the Thunderbolt adapter for an for a MacBook. There's um, companies out there that make other little adapters. I bought stuff from one called Pluggable for, you know, a Chromebook or something like that. And then again, you just go into the device and turn off the antennas. So when I brought this um, cabling home, when my daughter was still in high school, you know, she was 15 and get ready. I know some of you guys have like 14 year olds and some of you have been through the 15 year olds. Um, but when you're at that age, every cell in your body is changing every day and you want to be just like your peers, right? At least a, a caterpillar gets to go into the chrysalis and come out as this beautiful butterfly on the end. But our poor teenagers have to do it front and center in front of a whole bunch of kids who don't have their frontal lobe fully developed. And sometimes they're not very nice. <laughs> so teenagers, especially the younger ones, just kind of want to be exactly like their peers. That's why they want the same clothes, the same everything, right? You don't want to be separated from the pack. So here's poor Julia who gets this mom for a mom. And I come home, I've been to the Apple store and I had gotten the adapters and I come in and I say, okay, sweetie, we already hardwired your laptop because that still had an ethernet port in it, right? So we lucked out on that one. But I was watching her with her iPhone three hours a night doing homework with her friends, right? And so I thought that can't be good. So I say, here's the adapter, plug it into the switch, Let's plug it into the ethernet cable and plug it into your iPhone and see what happens. So she plugs it all in and I say, now go in and turn off the antennas. And she, I said, do something, see if it works. And she goes, oh my gosh, mom, it's so much faster, right? So there are so many benefits to getting rid of wireless. Not only is it safer, my mom brain is over here going, yes, it is faster. Your signal is far more reliable going through a cable instead of, you know, breaking up through the air and competing with everybody else in the air. Your security, your data privacy are all so much highly integrity protected when you run it through a cable because a hacker out at the curb can take your data right through the air, right? Um, so wireless has outlived its useful life. 
good future-proof technology is fiber optics to and through the premises. And then again, use your landline, reactivate your landline if you have to, forward your phone calls there. People who have to work with a cell phone, um, after learning about this, will keep their cell phone in airplane mode as a rule. Anything that's on your device, like the clock, the timer, the camera, and anything you've downloaded for apps, your music, your books, whatever, your movies, once it's on there, you don't need signal anymore. You just have the luxury of using it as a dummy terminal. Um, so people who have to work with a cell phone, and I respect that a lot of people do, they'll keep it in airplane mode as a rule, set an alarm for maybe every half an hour, set it away from their body, go back into active mode, let their texts, let their emails, upload, download, five seconds, 10 seconds, and then go right back into airplane mode, then pick up your device and compose your responses, set it away from your body, go active again, send, receive, done, back into airplane mode. So it, you know, the, the one thing that we do have to get our mind shift through is the convenience factor. Right. Yeah. That's the That's one thing you. I wanted to ask. Um, oh, I'm not on mute. Okay. So when you're, when you're plugging these things in, like with your daughter and it's like, you're, you have to be stationary. Basically. Tethered. Yes. Mm -hmm. But some people will put ethernet cables all over their house and then just walk over and plug their device in. Okay. Right. Or download everything and then walk around with it and do what you, you need to do. But you have to have the ethernet cable hooked up to the ethernet switch which is hooked up to the router yes so you can't just so you well, gotta i'll tell you i i love the way your brain is working i'll tell you what we did for the pandemic so my daughters are 27 and 23 uh -huh. um and when the pandemic hit julia was still learning her degree from the university of delaware from her bedroom here <laughs> not in Delaware, right? Poor kids. Right. So we ran, we got the electrician in, we ran an ethernet. Well, yeah, we all, we had wires hanging down our walls for a while. So that's a good first step, right? Just get it done. And then the next time we had the electrician in for whatever, we had him run the ethernet jacks to my daughter's room, both of my daughter's rooms. And then I just gave her her own separate little ethernet switch for her MacBook and her iPhone. Okay. okay. And then in the living room, we've got an ethernet cable with another one of these switches so that when my husband comes in and wants to check his work email first thing in the morning, he can just plug it in and sit on the couch and do it. Right. And if I've got my laptop in there, we're both hooked up and both safe. Okay. okay. So wherever your router is, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. I no, know. this is good. So if you looked at the back of my router, all those ethernet ports are full of ethernet cables. And they go through your walls, all through your house to different rooms, to jacks and different outlets. So yeah, basically wherever an electrician runs electricity, they can just fish wires for ethernet cables. So your router then, like it's not moving. It's wherever it is, like, you know, it's there for life. You're not gonna- Yeah, like, so mine fortunately is down in our utility closet. So once I figured out how to hardwire everything in my home and do it in baby steps, guys, don't beat yourself up for what you've already exposed your loved ones to, not your fault. Now that you know, you're 75% of the way there. You just need to get the accoutrements to do it properly and then turn off the wireless. So I did, and then I took my meter down to the basement and it was in the red zone. 
and it was from my router. So I called up Verizon and I said, so I'm choosing to hardwire for my family, but this thing is really off the charts here. How can I turn that off? And they said, oh, that's easy. Sit down at your computer. And I went, really? And they said, yeah, sit down at your computer. And he told me what my internet service provider address was. And we got into my account online. And then I just had to go into wireless settings. And when I clicked on that, I saw that there was a 2.5 gigahertz antenna and a five gigahertz antenna. So that one router had two antennas in it. And I just went off, off, and then I clicked the apply button and it gave me a message like, you know, you're cutting everybody's Wi-Fi off, right? And I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, thanks, let's go. <laughs> and so I saved it and I went back down to my basement and I measured and it was literally radio silence. Wow. Right? So I want to offer a word of caution, though. My husband um, saw a better deal with Comcast Xfinity, and he wanted to switch providers. And so he called them up and he said, you know, my wife's going to want to make sure that when you install everything, by the time you walk out the door, there's no radio frequency. And they said, no problem. Happy to come to your house, you know. So the guy spends half a morning here switching out our boxes and stuff. And I said, okay, just humor me. And I go down with my little meter and I turn it on and it's in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, so you got that 2.4 gigahertz antenna, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, and what about the five gigahertz antenna? And he said, yeah, I turned that off. And I said, now I've heard tell that Comcast has put public hotspots on our routers to throw signal out to the street. So Comcast can use our personal electricity oh. to let their customers connect as they're driving by our house. Oh. Wow. So they're using us as like a little cell tower here, right? I said, did you turn off the 2.4, you know, the 2.4 hotspot? He said, I did. And I said, now what about the five gigahertz hotspot? Did you turn that off too? And he said, I did. I said, so why is this still going into the red zone? And he said, I don't know. So he fiddled around, couldn't figure it out. He calls his help desk. They can't figure it out. Calls his supervisor. Supervisor can't figure it out. But he says, I'm going to bring my supervisor back the next day. And I said, okay. But I didn't want to play that game. Because whatever they turn off could potentially be turned back on through an upgrade at some point. So I remembered one of my colleagues out in Silicon Valley had talked about a fifth antenna that I was just kind of hearing the tail end of a conversation. So I reached out to him that day and I said, so what was that fifth antenna? And he said, oh, it's the home security system wireless antenna. That whether you have a home security system or not, they give you in your router this thing radiating. And he said, and the first line of the tech support desk doesn't know. You have to get to a tier two tech support person, which is basically an engineer who can then disable it from their end. And I'm like, not playing that game. Oh my God. So we went down to the tech store and just bought our own. I think it was like a Netgear router or something. And the next day when the tech, you know, the installer and his supervisor came to my home, I said, um, listen, guys, I really appreciate that you came back, but I don't want to risk exposing my family to microwave radiation. So as a show of good faith, would you be so kind to just plug in this other router that I bought? And they were gracious and they did it for me. Um, and 
Yeah. So you got to watch these things. Every now and then I'll go down to my basement and make sure that something didn't trigger it back on. Um, so measuring, as we see in my diagram here, is critically important because with the Internet of Things, this industry is engineering devices, everything from a potty seat for potty training your child. You can stick the iPad in and radiate your kid while they potty train. There's a little diaper clip that you can clip on your baby's abdomen that will tell you if your baby has soiled it. So, I mean, come on, pick up your baby and do the sniff test like we've always done. And those cameras on the baby, bad idea, really bad idea, but there are alternatives and we can, we can talk through that. So um, we, we can talk at another time probably about other sources that we don't have control over. I think these are probably enough for you guys to get started with for today. Um, and we can come back and do more on this. So we can open it up for now for questions and yeah. answers. I don't know how locked in you are to the one hour thing. No, we um, just, we, we're fine, but we're not. Well, well I, I, okay, go ahead, Ollie. No, 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 I was just gonna say, and then Amy asked this question, it's, it's this, this is, we will make all of the things that Cece has shared here available to you, even if you're not on Rumble. So you can click on the actual links because obviously we know when you're hearing this information, there's a cognitive dissonance that's mm -hmm. like, really, is this really true? It's to say, we've been through it so many times that we now know that anytime somebody says something weird, we should probably listen to it. <laughs> yeah, or look it up, like you say, or right? At least, but, and we have to be careful. If you just go do a random search as Wi-Fi safe, yeah, all the industry stuff comes up first and they plant seeds of doubt so that you'll get this false sense of security and keep mm -hmm. buying their toxic products. That's it. And and we want that's the thing we want to point out to people is, is we want to really empower our audience to be researchers for themselves, just like mm -hmm. you said, where you understand that. I mean, my husband and I own um, businesses and we can our website guy can go into Google and buy us. First, you know, when people research for things, we're going to pop up first. And that's what all these corporations do. All these entities, these regulatory agencies, mm -hmm. they are just making sure when you Google search or DuckDuckGo search or whatever you use, really, because they're all polluted at this point, it's going to come up first. So that tells your brain to stop worrying yeah. and, to, and to not look further. And so CC gives you the links where you can see the science, mm -hmm. the unbought science mm -hmm. <laughs> of for yourself and then you can start making the decisions and just like she says to empower you to know this is not a helpless thing there are so many things we can do to limit exposure and to live a healthier life okay amy take it away yes and i i would love to do actually a part two and have you come back and actually like have our audience be able to digest yes. this information yeah. and then take questions from them and have a whole panel of q a but i just had a couple of questions for you before we wrap up um so I, I know both of us Me have too. bought yeah, same yeah. Question, <laughs> um, oh, these EMF harmonizing devices and like where it's supposed to just kind of like harmonize the environment. Are those legit or no? So you and I are very different biologically and something that might uh, strengthen your biosystem might be the exact thing that's going to short me out right? So the first line of remediation is to remove the exposures. That's the only proven safe solution. Okay. 
Okay. okay. And, and then, you... and then for anybody who's tempted to buy a pendant or a product, um, do muscle testing. Look that up if you don't know what it is, but do muscle testing and get that biofeedback from yourself. But people have brought their phones over in a, a shielded case and it's still radiating the heck out. And sometimes if you shield like that, the radiation's going somewhere. So it's going to hit that metal shield and then bounce back at you double. Right. Wow. So, so we both have the, we've had the safe sleeve. Yeah. And so that will maybe protect your hand on the backside, but it's certainly not protecting the radiation. But so use it in very tiny doses, right? It get to as low as reasonably achievable. That's called the Alara principle. Mm -hmm. And the CDC already uses the Alara principle for ionizing radiation, which we know breaks the bond on the atom, but they need to step up and implement it for non-ionizing radiation, which says limit the time you're exposed, create as much distance as you can and shield if you have to. And would you say that like, you know, this is a lot to digest for it all is. of us who are immersed in this technological world. Mm -hmm. Would you say that a good first step for everyone would be try to use airplane mode more and maybe like turn your Wi-Fi off at night when you go to bed? Absolutely. You get two gold stars. <laughs> good yeah. job, Amy. Yay. I'm like, create that sleep I sanctuary as soon as you can. Yeah. And right. if you are fortunate enough to have the resources, buy a meter because these antennas are tricky. My printer right behind me here, my daughter needed to turn on the Wi-Fi one day to print something out from her bedroom. And I said, okay, just be sure you turn it back off. I come into work the next Monday and I had slept well. I had eaten a clean organic breakfast and the earth felt like it was sucking me back down. And I'm like, what is it? Where, where is it, right? So I turn on my meter and it was my printer. And although the little glow on the front on the faceplate wasn't lit for Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. I looked up my manual and there were three antennas in that. And only one of them controlled the little light on the front of my printer. So I just had to go into settings and track down the other antennas that were in there. One was for Bluetooth and one was for something other. I need to go look at my printer. I think it's one of those things too. It's like, you probably don't know how good you could feel until you yes. take right. it away. Right. You know, yes. You, you can probably tell the difference because, I mean, you can feel it when you're around it now because you've eliminated it. But whereas for people like us who are around it all the time, it's like, we feel the way we feel, but what if we could feel so much better? You can feel so that? much. You know and so I mean? many people feel better immediately. My mom, when she was 92, I took my meter into her little senior apartment and in her little bedroom with a little twin bed, she had the router in there and she had the base station for her digital electronic cordless phone, the decked cordless phone. And somewhere kicking around was her cell phone. So I showed her what to do to remediate. And I talked to her a couple of weeks later and she said, you know, that night you left my apartment, I slept for 10 hours. And I said, wow, that sounds great, mom. What do you normally do? She says, I don't. She <laughs> said, it would take me forever to fall asleep. I would wake up throughout the night. And by the time morning came, I was so loopy. I had to perch myself on the edge of the bed before I trusted myself to get up and go. And I said, now what? And she goes, I've been sleeping great every night and I just get up and go. And she oh, was, you know, still doing oh, her painting, awesome. still driving her car. And on that same trip, I remediated my brother's apartment and he had four adult children who were now gainfully employed and thought it was so cool to give dad the latest and greatest electronics. And Bobby was a voracious reader. So he sat there reading on his, I don't know, Kindle for hours every night. 
and I met and I showed him what to do. And I met him for breakfast the next day. And he said, you know, this persistent headache I've had over my eyebrow is gone mm-hmm. because he just simply downloaded his book, turned off the antennas and enjoyed reading from his dummy tablet. So he was still okay. actually using a device. So this is interesting because mm-hmm. remember they've been telling people for a while when you have sleep issues, don't be on computer screens or devices before bed because yeah, the blue light, that's still good advice. Yes. Totally unplug an hour or so before bed so that the brain doesn't think the lights are on. Right. Right. Less with it doesn't get into the good sleep. But with yeah. but with your brother, I mean he was still reading before bed on a device, right? But then slept much better because yeah. he was uh well and he, for him it was the headache that went away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, you can get filters to put over your screens to reduce that blue light, or there are applications that will change it from the bright light to this, you know, amber colored light and stuff. So those things are worth investing in. Some people buy the glasses, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, um yeah. I, I do have a question, and this might, I mean, might sound stupid, but like, okay, trying to think realistically too for some people like you know I know you said you know with the convenience factor and stuff so you say like our husbands are in the mortgage business if they're at the office like there are some times where they're at the office there's tons of calls coming in and you know you can't just do that you know so when you say like taking it off the wi-fi I know that could help but even like here with our kids if they're playing a game you know one thing that the cell companies get you at is like then you run your data Right when you have your Wi-Fi off, because I've turned my Wi-Fi off, and I'm like, well, shoot, why do I need, even need the Wi-Fi? Because it's still working. But I know it like doesn't it like run your data or something like that, or maybe it's your certain plans. I think it's your plan. Yeah. And so when I hardwired my daughter's phone when she was 15, she went, "Wait, mom. So are you telling me that if I'm running my signal through the Ethernet cable in this little lightning adapter, that it's not eating into my data plan?" And I said, that's right, because if she went over budget at the month's end, we made her pay out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what got my 15-year-old to agree to not give me a hard time about making her sit down and use her computer tethered to a cable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. that's And no question is silly. No question is silly. I know. I just remember thinking, like, so why aren't we... Why am I using the Wi-Fi? Because you got talked into it because right. it's I mean, cheaper for them and it's highly profitable. Right. Because I've thought about this and I even bought one of those like kill switches, you know, where yes. you turn it off. I do have one of those, except we haven't used it. We've only used it a couple times. I forget. So this is where you know what? It's awesome because a lot of people will recognize that they've got this stuff already. So for example, a, a friend of mine in a women's network hired me to come into her office and just identify where all the exposures were. And then she just had ethernet cables and fixed it. And then she said, I want you to come to my home too. And her son, who is a teenager was home. And it's kind of fun to give the kids the meter and say, okay, scavenger hunt, go find wherever all these wireless exposures are. So we went all over the house. And then on the third floor attic, he had his man cave, right? Where his gaming system and his computer were. And we measured and it was in the red zone, like hot, hot, hot. That kid reached into the closet behind him, pulled out his box of cables. And within five minutes, he had his entire gaming system completely hardwired and all the radiation off. And we were back down into the green zone. So, yeah. So don't feel like you have to be the bad guy, but I highly recommend two ways to open this conversation. One 
if they have an iPhone, show them that legal fine print. Mm-hmm. It's settings, general, legal mm-hmm. and regulatory, RF exposure. Then they own it, right? They're like, uh-oh, you got me. Here it is. And then two, show them how much radiation is coming out when their antennas are on. And then play with mm-hmm. it. What if I turn off this antenna? What if I turn off that antenna? Um, but seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the graphic that I have up on this slide here is I am now with our friends in New Hampshire for Safe Technology. We are collaborating twice a month and doing a free public education webinar. Anybody in the world can come join us for this Zoom event. We do one at noon Eastern in the month, and then some other day we do one at 6 p.m. Eastern. So hopefully it'll fit around people's schedules. And we do offer a live Q&A after my presentation. And um, then we post the videos and anybody can get the videos in the slide. So we just simply want people to know. And that way you don't have to be the bad guy because it's hard to know all these facts because in your head, you know, after you've looked at it, you know, this is right. But getting to regurgitate them back out your mouth can be harder. So you don't have to take on that burden. We'll do the education for you. Um, and people need a little time. So mm-hmm. I think it is smart that we we break shortly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I want to, and so people can go to Massachusetts for Safe Technology on the events page, and you'll always find the invitation to our free webinars, and you can just register there, or at New Hampshire for Safe Technology on Facebook, or Massachusetts for Safe Technology on Facebook. So, um, but When you're looking at your home and you're figuring out where your exposures are, one exposure that we didn't talk about are the smart meters for gas, water, electric, solar, and propane. Mm. If there's an FCC ID number on it, that means it's transmitting microwave radiation. And the industry will tell you, oh, it just goes like six times an hour or whatever. That may be the number of times per hour that it's harvesting your data and sending it in. But what they're not confiding in you is that it's pulsing at many, many cycles per second, even if it's not harvesting the data. So I sat down on my dining room floor where I have two electric meters mounted on the opposite side, one for electric, one for solar. And when I did the math on what I was seeing, 17,000 times a day, it was pulsating (laughs) microwave radiation. Yes. And you can, if I'm not mistaken, CC, I know here my sister and mom have refused when they when the company con- mm-hmm. came to switch it, they refused. And then um, my property is is got a gate around it, so they couldn't come in without us. And we just keep denying yeah entry. So, so you can't. Yeah, keep your old analog meters. Those were meant to last for 40 years. They're not obsolete yet. Um, And what the real solution is, is if they want to upgrade, if they want to be able to tell if your power has gone down or your gas or water has had a leak, um, or they want to do electronic billing, we get that, you know, things progress, but they can just, again, simply hardwire those meters to the router in your home, Mm -hmm. right? And get their information that way. There's no reason to have microwave radiation other than it's cheaper for them to install a radiating thing. Yeah. Um, 
So just be aware, just, you know, do the walk around your house, see where sometimes some are in the basement, sometimes they're outside, but that's one more exposure that you're going to want to address because if somebody's sleeping on the other side of that wall, in the medical conference, you'll hear that when these smart meters go in, that's often a trigger where they get an uptick in patients coming in with microwave sickness symptoms. And then 5G, we can talk about the next time, which is putting cell towers at the curb right outside of our homes where you can never escape it. And we have a lot of people getting sick from that. So the solution there is to start working with your towns to upgrade your zoning ordinances so that they cannot put these in at close range because the industry wants to put millions of them every two to 12 houses. Yeah, I mean, we have great examples. How do you stop that? Like get your zoning up to code and within the law, there are things you can do and there are many towns who have already done it so you don't have to start at square one. You may need to encourage your town to lawyer up for an expert in telecom law because most of our town attorneys are not. Mm-hmm. But for $8,500, which is short money for a town, $8,500, somebody like Andrew Campanelli can be brought in to review your zoning code, tell you where the gaps are. Um, there are other groups that have a checklist. You could go in and start looking for yourself. So okay. solutions abound, you guys. I know yes. it's overwhelming. I used to tell my kids, go scream into a pillow, get it physically <laughs> out of your system, and then come back to the kitchen table and we'll talk about it and figure out what we can so do. Much. Real quick before you go, the meter, if we wanted to buy one of those meters through. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is there a website that you? Yes, the- global EMF dot net okay okay so you can go get your meter there and participate in collecting data for this help, helping yes. this organization um you know find out where all these hot spots of of uh harmful harmful things are happening in in your area and those are things that we want to know too like you said mm-hmm. i, I want to know what's happening at the nearest cell tower and how that's impacting my property it's right. like i do but i don't well, i know yeah, yeah, I, told, I, t- I was like i was so excited but also really scared but <laughs> yeah they're entitled that's the absolute right response <laughs> but then once you're like no freaking way are they going to be doing this to me and my kids anyway oh yeah yes that's what it's going to we need to know you know, I mean, everybody needs to know this. Yeah. And, just, and that's just it. It's a right to know issue, just like drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling. Right. But, you know, great news. Next time when we talk, we'll talk about things like the New Hampshire report. Yes. We actually got a bill passed into law where they did the investigation. They document the captured agencies and they make 15 recommendations for what our towns and our governments need to be doing. So Ooh, yes. we're working so hard and we want to share all this with you. Thank you yes. for seeing this fight yes. and educating us. Yes. Yes. See, we are definitely having you back on for part two of this so that we Absolutely. can see you exploring even more of this and, and even into, I want to talk about the AirPods and all those things too. We got to keep, we got to continue the conversation. But for now, we have given everybody a starting point to find the information, an action plan of even small changes you can make to start heading in the right direction. And most importantly, share this. Share this information so people can look for themselves because they're not going to hear it in mainstream, but it, it but it's absolutely vital that we're all aware. So thank you, Cece, for thank being here. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, it's been an honor, ladies. Thank you for everything that you're doing for our world. And I look forward to part two. Yes, absolutely. Too. Me too. All right, we'll see you guys.